we're back with another episode today and three more movies here. And so, Aiden, what would you call our topic today? How would you describe it? These three movies. <sighs> Fucking American poverty. American poverty yeah. and also U- with US, a family. U.S. poverty with a little, little, little twist of family aspect. A twist, yeah, a family emphasis in all these movies. And they are the F- Florida Project. Mm-hmm. Beasts of the Southern Wild. Yep. And raising Victor Vargas. How which, how U.S. poverty plays in the family system. Yeah, pretty much. How and one thing I like is that each one of these movies is in a completely different geographical location. Yeah, and, but and just its own thing. Its own thing. But each one each each one of these locations are pretty well known for having their sex of poverty, like Florida, New York. And Louisiana. Yeah. Like New Orleans area. Uh-huh. So, yeah, let's just get right into it. The Florida Project. So, this is one I have I had put off watching for until this year. You know, when it came out, I was very familiar with Sean Baker after seeing Tangerine. And, of course, the A24 clout never hurts. Yeah. Um, I just never got around to it. Big millennial fucking pr- production company. Right, and love it. you can already tell, like, if you haven't seen it, you can see the, like, color palette to it, and, yeah, very millennial-friendly, mm. and it's one of those vibey movies where it doesn't, it's like a non-narrative-driven plot. Yeah, it's just like a, I would say, yeah, there's, it. it's more of like a, a view of of a life rather than yeah there's like a story to it you're just kind of seeing these people live out their lives yeah and in this case we're seeing a mom and her daughter live out their lives in a orlando based motel it's like one of these many cheesy motels outside of disney world um i've seen them have you been to disney world I've not been to Disney World. Disneyland, yes. I've been to Disney World a couple of times because I've got some family out there in Florida. Yeah. You was... know, the camps don't stray too far from some sort of... Some gimmick. Some, <laughs> <laughs> some attraction. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Something to, like, take our minds off of, you know... Their inter- situation. Inner family conflict. <laughs> and so I, I've seen these types of motels. These, like They're always really gimmicky. Yeah. It's colorful and... Very kitschy, like... Uh, commercial type motel mm-hmm. and it just looks like a dump it looked it looked it looked like the stretch of um road that they're on just has a bunch of these that are like close to to disney world and and all the things like the uh, economy and all the buildings around that area are kind of based on disney world and so like all the the appearances of these places like they go to an ice cream shop that's just like a giant ice cream cone like that's the the architecture of the building it looks like a giant ice cream cone they go to these like laundry mat that's like a giant piece of soap you know it's just like everything's really flashy and it tries to grab your eye because that's kind of the vibe around disneyland yeah and the character we're following is basically like the you know disney world runoff if you will the like really poor families that yeah you know are just outside of the you know economic contributions of disney world mm-hmm. and so they're not able to i mean like they have no money. She she pays rent weekly at this motel. Yeah, the, the mom. So it's a mom and a daughter. Mom's broke as fuck, tatted up. Probably early thirties, mid thirties. Yeah, or late tw- late twenties. Uh, I was thinking in her twenties, late twenties. We'll say. Had it definitely had her kid at like eighteen. 
Oh, for sure. But yeah, uh, the kid's like nine. Yeah, or the eight, six. I don't know. The mom is is Six-year-old. definitely. They're just all fucking broke, and I think she's supposed to be like, like Puerto Rican or something. But she actually, the actor is like Lithuanian and born in. in supposed to be Puerto Rican. Puerto Rican dog. She's white as fuck. What yeah, but she about? has. She clearly is, has the Puerto Rican accent. So I think she was like raised in that area where there's a lot oh, of Puerto Ricans. Because I thought it was just her being fucking. Uh, trashy and trying to fit in with yeah well her probably yeah. probably because like her 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 only friend in the movie is also is super puerto rican yeah and, and so hers like, like feels authentic but when when the mom talks she's like my daughter do whatever she wants <laughs> she's, she's actually a fucking stripper on the sopranos uh-huh and she she did a good I job i fucking love paulie yeah chain smokes actually does chain smoke in, uh-huh. the, in the movie yeah, and she's smoking backwards inside the motel. Yeah, and she the, lets her kid do literally whatever she wants, and it's never her kid's fault. Never her kid's fault. Yeah. And the worst part Fucking about it is she person. always justif- Yeah, she justifies it with this like higher order parenting style, even though it's really about her not giving a fuck. You know, she'll be like, well, "You gotta let them do whatever they want. Yeah, make, they gotta learn. Make mistakes." And you're like, "No, you just want to fucking smoke weed and watch TV while your daughter like." burns down another apartment complex yeah yeah her her mindset she the the actress really nailed demonstrating the mindset of i feel like i've met that girl before yeah exactly and never somewhere constantly ignoring problems yeah and pretending it's everybody else's deal not hers yeah blame is always and then if you address it she just flies like yeah yo fuck you bro all right bro that's pretty much the vibe you get kind of a kind of a florida snooky yeah, uh, <laughs> I was about to say there's some fucking Jersey Shore vibes going on. But the the movie follows them and their relationship and the main character is uh is her daughter in the movie named Mooney. Um Mooney. Mooney Moni. is Mooney? Moni. Yeah. It sounds like money when she says it. Yeah, she's, pr- she's young money. She's young mo- she's young money cash money girl just trying to make ends meet and she's uh the daughter's just running rampant and like her little playground is the the apartments they live in and all the crazy characters there. And then like that, that neighboring area where it's just like industrial zone, commercial zone. Like they're like, it's just everything. The whole economy is to, if people are staying here to go to Disney world, like you can rent a motel. There's a laundromat, there's food. Like it's all to, to help disney world and that's like where she grows up and that's Mm -hmm. like her playground there's abandoned buildings it's like if you're living it's like if you were living on las vegas strip like that's where you grew up you're pretty poor yeah that's good and it's like you know it's just like something's going on at all times it's really dirty people aren't really taking into account the people that actually live there and i actually looked up where they found this motel because the motel inspired the story like they found the motel first because it was just like so bright and vibrant and green or uh, pink and um and people were living there like if you're living w- week to week rent you're pretty poor or you're like running from the law or something but um it's in Kissimmee Florida and like the median income is like man 30,000 a year and the like the below the poverty line is like 20 to 30 percent it's pretty crazy and that's pretty much who this movie is about mm-hmm. and like the trials and tribulations they have. And Mooney is the main focus. It's like the story of this motel is told through the eyes of Mooney. We follow her around as she basically is unsupervised and she's super endearing. And you're like, Oh, this is a good kid. She just has no one 
no one giving her laying down the law for her because she's just fucking stealing ice cream and like yelling at people spitting on cars they end up burning down a building on accident um she obviously didn't intend to like commit arson but they were like playing around with fire and unsupervised and yeah. that's kind of the stuff that happens and she still she sees no consequences for it pretty much yeah a lot of the worst case scenario unsupervised child yeah moments. but I, when you're a kid and you have no one watching you what is it i idol's hands is the devil's play or something that's maybe a catholic thing i don't know but my mom would say that and usually whenever i got in trouble when we were younger because there wasn't shit to do and we'd like spray paint something or like create some cardboard cat and put it in the road and cars would freak out or some dumb shit like that yeah that's kind of what she's doing but she's just like you can tell she's just curious too like whoa what's this what's life about i don't have anyone to tell me to do anything Mm -hmm. so i'm just gonna run wild and you can you can see that kids aren't you know like if you're working and you you just kind of interact with a kid who's an asshole and you're like in your mind you're like this kid fucking sucks and they've been that way their whole life but really you don't see that you see like a nice kid who just has no one telling them what to do or watching over them and when you have no rules like you just become a shit (laughs) it's hard to like not become a little shit yeah especially with a a parent like that and like i you're not supposed to like the main character like she's awful Mm -hmm. she's fucking terrible and you could say yeah she's a product of her environment but to me she is the environment she's the worst out of any no the mom mom. okay the mom is the worst out of out out of anybody there because you could be like well yeah you know she wasn't dealt the right uh hand of cards you know she's around people who you know are you know have negative influence on her but no she there's plenty she has plenty of opportunity to yeah to you know fix her wrongs and you know kind of develop a more positive mentality yeah and even if she i was just such a, a mcdonald's manager hiring people i would not hire her yeah she, like everybody she interacts with she just starts to to conflict with mm-hmm. and man i think so yeah, the, the story doesn't go anywhere. I mean, it does like things happen, but it, like we said, it's not it's it's not a linear plot or anything like that. So for me, just watching this family in Florida doing just like shithead things all the time, I wasn't crazy about it because it was a slice of life that I'm familiar with and that I've like you know obviously I haven't experienced it firsthand, but I've seen it, and so I don't. I didn't find it interesting. I you've, didn't find it engaging. You've lived like adjacently to it. You had guidance when you were a kid, but you've like had what have done shit where you have no money and just are hanging out with friends and have nothing to do. Yeah, and I, so I think it's it's they didn't do anything that was interesting, and th- like they didn't say anything that was interesting apart from like uh, Willem Dafoe's character. So we haven't which... even mentioned him. Willem Dafoe is in this, and he receives a Oscar nomination for his role. And his role's great. He does a good Fantastic. job. Fantastic. I don't know if it, like, stood out to, like, did he have the emotional range to, like, I don't know, merit an Oscar? I'm not sure. But, I mean, like, Willem Dafoe always delivers. Never does a bad job. And he played the role that he was really well. Yeah, probably better than I could ever imagine it. You he, know, when he came on the stream, I'm like, oh, cool, Willem Dafoe. And, you know, like, he he's one of my favorite actors for sure. So I, I was pleasantly surprised to see how far he took that character despite its... So he Simplicity. plays the manager of the Magic Castle Hotel, uh-huh. which is where they live. And so he, he's not the owner. He does like the owner's bidding and like keeps runs the day-to-day of this place. Mm-hmm. And you can tell he's very attached to the people that are there, even though a lot of them are, are you know, working class or less or just poor mm-hmm. and kind of live in squalor. And he's just 
he, he i don't know you can tell he's a big heart for everyone but also has to kind of lay down the law and so he gets into a lot of arguments every day but he always wants the best for people yeah because he's not making money he's no. making like 35 40k maybe so he's like above maybe above the median yeah. income there but they're well below so he's like fixing the ac he, you know he's doing all those random tasks you would need to you're enforcing rules at the pool collecting rent yeah, get, getting rid of like bad vending machines and shit yeah collecting weekly rent which has to be a nightmare right so um, he i, I love willem defoe but he he this. plays that role so well where mm-hmm. it's just like uh unassuming like nice but needs to lay down the law and is like principled guy mm-hmm. um and and isn't like because i feel like if you live in that environment it'd be easy to like fucking all right my tenants are throwing a party and they want me to come because i'm there every day i'm gonna go drink with my tenants and like some of them might be smoking crack. What if I do? You know, he doesn't compromise at all. He stays like his rigid, his rules. Like he's he's a father, and you, you see him try to give lessons to his son, and his son's like, "Dude, you work at a fucking shitty ass motel that yeah. I would never come to." And it's right. kind of a sad scene. But he does he does bend sometimes because he helps pay for yeah the mother's rent and yeah. But when he bends, it's not out of like a way of being corrupted. It's just like out of the goodness of his heart. Yeah, right. That character was very very endearing and also like a really much needed source of like comedic relief because the the mother would do things that she that character like would laugh at and stuff but is like so antisocial in society that i'm like okay well you're just being a piece of shit none none of that's funny and sometimes just watching somebody be be a piece of shit it's annoying it's annoying yeah you're like someone punched this girl yeah exactly and so she did a really good job at that but it didn't i didn't enjoy it so basically it just shows like her lack of parenting in this i think it's like more maybe of a nod to just poverty especially in florida and these people living out of this motel um and kind of what goes on there and how people are like making ends meet and doing the best like that one woman has like a a pressure cooker in her hotel room to like make beans and shit like that it's like you know it's, it's just like a unique i think sect of the world i think poverty looks different all around the world but especially in like the florida u.s and by orlando it's like even so even like a real niche niche topic anyway um i enjoyed it but yeah there was no real plot there was like it was just like the relationship between um Haley, mooney's mom and everybody else and then that effect that it had on mooney and um it just kind of followed these people's lives it was almost like it could have been a documentary almost yeah if they took like the the exciting parts of someone's life from like the the for like two or three months that live in that situation um that's kind of what it would have been but um yeah what uh i mean we've talked about gripes and things we like jamie let's get to scores maybe yeah this man just because i enjoyed tangerine so much more and tangerine was also a slice of life and I'm comparing it because it's the same writer director and Tangerine just had more interesting characters who did interesting things. You know, it's still a movie. It's still a removal from reality. And I want there to be some sort of engaging aspect to it. There were on like the story was in Hollywood, like Hollywood Boulevard. So there's probably more going on. Yeah. Well, and and with even within those characters, like they're like making, you know, backdoor deals with like you know because they're, they're trans and they're like yeah. selling sex and there's like just like some stuff that 
and the main character like wanted to be a singer and you uh could explore that realm so like there's the the dialogue was a a little bit more interesting in this Mm -hmm. instead of just talking about how we're gonna go like get waffles from my friend who works at the the dialogue was very very i think the dialogue came second in this movie i think it was very passive and they're like all right we're gonna have these scenarios and you guys kind of just talk how you would in this scenario there's definitely a lot of uh improvisation Mm -hmm. from what i've read especially with the kids and that's one thing this movie did well is it is it the dialogue and what the kids were doing was very accurate to what kids are doing 100 percent. and but then again it's like go to your local motel and like wait till there's like a family and then watch what they're doing it's like wow they nailed it is it like <laughs> worth being filmed is what you're saying yeah pretty much um but they did do a good job at that I loved Willem Dafoe and his character. Like I wouldn't be opposed if somebody threw it on again, just so I could like relive some of the scenes he was in and just like kind of watching his character, even when he's just doing, yeah, it's just physical. Yeah. When he's leaning over the rail uh, on the upper floor of the motel, smoking a cigarette, looking over the land as like mm-hmm. the sun setting in the horizon. And he's just sort of, they like, were lucky to get him. Yeah, sure. exactly. I agree. I definitely agree. So Thanks to him, it pushes the score up, but it still doesn't even it doesn't breach a seven for me. So this is going to be a six point five. Okay. Uh, also, a quick little this is like sort of a, a podcast trivia. We have this actor Macon Blair in this movie who is plays a very small role. Oh yeah, that's right. But he's in that was really cool. Quite a few movies that we really like, including Blue Ruin, Green Room, a real a real specific one called Murder Party. Um, those are all movies you should check out. Green Room being the best of them for sure. Um, but yeah, making Blair's in this and we just like, uh, it's weird that we had no idea who was in this movie. So but we just stand this, him hard because he's yeah. always willing to play the weirdo. Dude. Oh yeah. He's so good and willing to play a weirdo and, and he like does a bad it guy. a lot better than others. So he plays like a guy who solicit is that Disney the world John, with his family. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> At Disney world with his family and then fucks Mooney's mom. Yeah. And then gets stolen for, oh man, it's great. Yeah. That was um, cool. I, so I found out he directed, I don't feel at home in this world anymore. The one with uh elijah wood on netflix did you see that in like portland or some shit yeah i heard it was bad though it's like eh. that was his first attempt at directing for a first direct it's not bad but i mean i'm not crazy about that movie but Mm -hmm. it was cool to see him in it um all that being said i'm gonna give it a flat seven it's a safe bet seven for me my first time watching it i remember being i watched it when it came out and being like just taken aback like oh this is Mm. such a good just accurate portrayal of what of what poverty is like probably in Florida. And then I was like watching it a second time. I got kind of bored and was like, is this really like you were right? Like, why are we showing this? It has a high rating on IMDb. And I think for, for a lot of that is, reason, you for said, what it is, it's well done. It's just like, if you're not, if you're not someone who watches movies other than like something that's very plot driven action, a lot of excitement. You're probably not going to like this movie. It's a safe, but seven for me, if you're like a movie watcher, you'll leave the movie being like, that was a good movie. But if you're just like more for the entertainment value of just like, Hey, entertain me. This movie's not going to do it for you. Yeah. And if you just like a 24 movies, this is a no brainer. Yeah, for sure. Most people who are on the a 24 train probably, you know, would never, wouldn't bat an eye to watch this you know yeah it's it's good it's got willem dafoe and it's entertaining enough but um yeah i mean it's not going to do a whole lot for you unfortunately but uh yeah let's move on let's um we doing beasts of southern wild i believe jamie do you want to intro that yeah so beasts of the southern wild was another one that i just 
I don't know, put off all these years. I, I was familiar with it. This one more like kind of fell under the radar after the year it came out. Because I remember when it came out in 2012, it was big because it, it kind of took people by surprise yeah. a little bit. And it's about, you know, a really, really not touchy topic, but it, I don't Sensitive. know. How do, how do you even explain Hurricane Katrina? Like imagine explaining yeah. Hurricane Katrina uh, to somebody not from here. And I don't mean in like the natural disaster aspect. I mean, in like the, like, you know, socioeconomic impact. Yeah. And then like on representation it got in the media. Exactly. And the way the government handled it. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a sore part in the history of the U S yeah. So we're following this child. She's gotta be, she's definitely younger than the kid. Oh, it actually says she's also six. So we got two six year old poverty mm-hmm. movies. Wow. We really nailed it there. So six year old, uh, girl, in this is the main character yeah she's the main character in this swampy bayou part of louisiana that they refer to as the bathtub Uh and so she has to basically work with her you know father who has a temper he's an alcoholic his health is beyond degradation like it is in shambles and we watch her navigate through Hurricane Katrina and layered on top of that is this surrealism of like ice caps melting, these large beasts running through like to kind of go. It's really hard to describe. It's, It's like a magical surrealism or something like that. Yeah. Magical realism. The, in the beginning, um, so she lives in this place called the bathtub, which is like this supposed to be this island off of the like coast of New Orleans where it's just like outlaw. Like they're there clearly because they don't want to be found and don't want to live in normal society. And they all have their own rules. They party all the time, even as grown up. Party. Uh, he, if, if you want to use that word. I mean, partying as just like they're just fucked up nonstop. Yeah. I mean, they're just alcoholics. Like yeah. to be sober is the anomaly. in this. Yeah, community. exactly. Like you wouldn't be there being sober. Mm-hmm. And it's just like insane poverty because they're living by their own means. They just like put up trailers in this like marshland mm-hmm. and are feeding off the land and don't really have much going on. But I mean, they're still they're taking classes like I'm sure their school environment if they were to be put. To be put in a normal public school, they'd be way behind or just be learning crazy witch doctor stuff because they kind of had their teacher was like this kind of voodoo, not actual doctor doctor. And she in the beginning told them a story about these beasts that were evil, pretty much. And um, since um, the main character who goes by Hush Puppy, which is like her nickname, um, has a big imagination, she takes these beasts and starts thinking about them. And they become kind of a way to, to move the story along. Um, them breaking out of the ice caps and coming to, to I don't know, civilization or coming to meet um, Hush Puppy. And it can it can rep- represent a lot of things for you. It could represent um, like the end of, of their little community in the bathtub. It could represent uh, like reality hitting them. It could represent Hurricane Katrina. It could represent uh, her dad's uh, sickness. Yeah, and some people, say, some, some people say climate change too. Climate change as well. That's why there's so many, um, so many hurricanes going on in that area. Right. Um, I think it's it's up to what you want it to to, to mean for you. Yeah, I think the 
you kind of mentioned a little bit, but at the bathtub, one of the biggest things is their community. It yeah. is so it's strong. Yeah, it's so community oriented. Yeah, like everybody takes care of everybody as if they were blood relatives. Even though they're all drunk all the time, even the kids <laughs> are being given fucking moonshine yeah. at a young age. Mm-hmm. Um but um uh the story's great. So basically it it documents like a cup like the first part of the movie is probably 20 30 minutes before Hurricane Katrina hits. Then Hurricane Katrina hits, and it's kind of how they adapt afterwards, and how how the government's trying to save them, but they kind of look like the enemy, and they're putting them. I mean, it just kind of is a nod to how the government handled the situation mm-hmm. in real life. Yeah, and the reaction of a very resilient yet stubborn group of people. Yeah, but also the with people that might not have had their best interests involved. Like I'm sure the doctors and people are trying to do their best, but like the whole machine as a whole the government um didn't really fucked up and fumbled this whole situation and it kind of shows that a little bit there's all these tiny bit this movie barely touches on that it really just shows the the only perspective we get of the government is there's like an us versus them and when they get brought into that camp i think but the camp is only you know think about it screen time wise that's probably like 15 minutes like we we see them come knock on the door of their uh little community that they're surviving off of in the bathtub like flooded over you know they're, oh, they're horrible condition. They're sailing through the the waters on a uh, pickup bed, yeah, con- converted a into a boat with a motor on it, which, which is, is fucking badass. So sick, and they come and get them, and then we they go to a uh, sort of refugee hospital warehouse thing. I don't know what. Refu- yeah, it's just like a makeshift. What do you call those? A I, makeshift. There's a word uh, for it. Refugee camp. To just help people recover and get better and, like, yeah. give them a place to stay. Uh-huh. As you would see in most, like, natural disaster areas and it's, situations. Yeah. So, we get that. And those those people Clinic, aren't, maybe. like, no, no, nobody there are, like, government syndicates. Yeah. I just think it's, they. there's definitely a, like, a, they're trying to keep us here. We're trying to live off the land or yeah. whatever. And so there's an us versus them thing. I don't know if there the, there is an us versus them thing in but, in. But w- the them aren't trying to hurt them. And, and we don't even see them. We don't even get to hear about like FEMA and and all, all the rest of this shit. Yeah. So from the perspective of this film, it's mostly them like wanting to keep their community alive and and uh, reject government help for yeah. good reason too. Yeah. Um. And uh, it also there's a scene of them uh, blowing up the levee so that the bath. Because after the the hurricane, there are places, all the houses are underwater, the bathtub is filled, pun intended, I guess. And then they they blow themselves, they blow the levee, which was like a big controversial topic. Huge. Of, of when did the levee break? Did mm-hmm. the government break it to like flood all these um, these poor and but like marginalized levees? There is multiple levees. Yeah. But there's there was the first hurricane. I, I don't want to be held to when it was. I think it was like the 60s or 70s. Um, uh-huh. I forget the hurricane name, but, uh, the levee was broken and there was this big thing like, Oh, the government did it to fucking pretty much kill black people was their idea. And then the levee broke again. Um, and people were like, you know, the, the, the conspiracies went on. No one really has facts of whether it was actually the water that broke the levee or it was the government. And so this kind of like throws a jab into that. And it's like, Oh no, the people that broke this part of the levee we're trying to keep their area from flooding and like, yeah, you can take that how you will, but that was a really interesting part to me. Yeah. Because of the association with the levy, but I mean, who knows that, you know, the, the, her dad clearly was on board with 
taking things into their own hands yeah. and taking matters into their own hands. That scene was fucking awesome too. Yeah, exactly, man. And I mean, let's go back to the layering because I think that was one of the strongest points of this film and probably one of the most ambitious ones because it plays on the theme beasts of the southern wild mm-hmm. you know because it's fucking wild down there down there yeah they and, live in the i mean the equivalent of the wild west pretty yeah much. and so the way that they decided to layer these mythical beasts like running as if at the same time Something's that coming. they're running from the storm it, it paralleled really well and it drove home a lot of this symbolism mm-hmm. um also with her trying to find her mom and there's this constant search and escape and return to home. And I, I thought that was one of the most unique things that stood out to me in this. Yeah, it was also kind of like a coming of age for, for Hush Puppy. Cause yeah, she coming real- of age at six years old. I know, which is sad. But I mean, in those she had scenarios, no yeah, that you have to with what was going on with her dad. Like she uh-huh. realized, and her dad even said it, like, I can't take care of you forever. He knew, which is, I mean, in you know, obviously not, nobody would call it like good parenting, but I think he did the right thing sometimes where he's like, he just starts yelling. He's like, do it, break the crab. Yeah. He's like trying to get her to be hardened and like ready for real life when he's gone because he knows it's coming soon. And, um, and so the story's a little bit of that, of her coming of age at, at six years old and being able to be independent because unfortunately the community that they lived in and where they grew up like you're going to have to start taking care of yourself one because it's like you have to fend for yourself for food and and shit and money but also like it's just super poor too mm-hmm. so like and and the adults probably aren't the best people to be taking care of you anyway um but there so i mean this received how many golden globe nominations how many academy award nominations so four academy w- awards this was nominated for best picture best director best adapted screenplay um best actress so the best actress who at age nine was um given that her name's quivagene i don't want to like fucking butcher that That was pretty good quivagene um yeah was nominated at age nine as best actress and she did a fucking kick-ass job like, she did so well this is easily top five child acting performances i've uh, seen that's this is question. up there with city of god be, uh, beast of no nation mm-hmm. um i don't know what is she received a golden globe nomination as well she was so good man this yeah. is clearly one of those times where like a kid just her first role she just got found she she's from louisiana yeah the thing about kids sometimes they'll just be on the screen and are being themselves in the, in the right kind of manner of the character mm-hmm. but i think the reason why it's bad so much of the time is they're a kid they don't know what the fuck they're doing yeah. and, and people are trying to make them too hyper aware that they're on screen and like yeah. they need to be acting when a kid sometimes you get a kid and just if the director's good they just kind of mold them yes exactly they're, they're like a they're super malleable and they can do whatever yeah i would love to i need to watch some there's a lot of clips there. of like on set and stuff i'm sure there are um so uh the director was ben Zeitlin, who's actually from New York City, but he went down and lived in this uh, community of Montague, Louisiana, for a year before, um, like, getting the funding for this movie and deciding what to do. Mm-hmm. Only cost him like one point eight mil. Yeah, obviously they made super way well more. shot, which is crazy because there's the beasts and the explosion. Like you think it'd be a way bigger. They budget. did a really good job with the like CGI, CGI and shit too. Yeah. I thought it looked excellent. 
So it was a box office success. I mean, it made 23.3 mil off of 1.8 mil. And then it was also just critically really well acclaimed, Mm -hmm. won nominations. And he hasn't really done much since, to be honest. He hasn't done much at all. And I don't know, man. I have got no problems with that. Sometimes with... You just got something you want to say. Yeah, you got something you want to say. And I think everybody has like a story that they're passionate about. And Mm -hmm. they don't need to, you know drill it down if they're if they're not really dedicated to it and i think that's how you get performances like the uh, girl in this Touch movie Bobby. where you just kind of give it all for for one moment and and that's that but how about uh Wink. the trivia you love huh oh i thought you were talking about her dad her dad that's what i was about to okay, talk yeah. about yeah dwight henry is played her dad who wink owned and operated the bakery across the street from the space where the crew was working and casting the director posted a casting flyer with tearaway numbers you know like you would do yeah, if, like if you i'm here to tutor you i'm here to walk a dog yeah yeah, yeah. and then uh so he posted that in the bakery and after several weeks, he invited uh, Dwight over for a read. And then if I do. two days later, uh, they l- went to look for him for a callback and nobody could find him. And then they found him two months later. Absolute bender. He turned them down because he was investing all his time in the new bakery. Finally, every single person involved with the film at that point showed up at his bakery at the same time. And told him that he had to do the movie. I mean, what a Hollywood scene. And then he agreed as long as they rehearsed with him during his midnight baker's hours. <laughs> what the fuck, man? That's an and American he, man right there. What a performance, yeah, too, man. Holy it. shit. He's playing a raging alcoholic father with this... He's dying. Dying. And, he, and he's got this, uh, you know, romantic past of his lover who's mm-hmm. since deceased and... God, that yeah, I so he really quite the tale. He was man. super good. Kavanjane was super good, and they were both first time actors from Louisiana. And sometimes it's how you got I mean, you gotta do it that way sometimes. You if you want to char- tell an authentic story, um, especially if you're someone who's from New York to go tell us somebody else's story, you wanna get real actors. You wanna get people from the area, people that know what went on. Um and that's what they do so well. Kind of like what David Simon does in The Wire and Treme. Like, they'll use people that are really from that story. And I think that's the best way to do it. It's yeah. nice to have a fucking Brad Pitt or whatever. But, like, when you get people that know how to relate to it, it just shines, man. Yeah, exactly. I think and that's it changes a, lives for that's those That's a crucial dis, dis, uh, distinguishment that a lot of people don't think about when, like, you talk about method acting. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, they go deep. They go there. But you can only go so deep. Yeah, you didn't you, live it. You can't live it. If it's not you, it's not you. Yeah. And I think the best actors, method actors, don't pick the roles that are restricted by the like need for like actually having that life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like Daniel Day, he he chooses roles that he can go and and live. Like if you think about like Daniel Daniel Plainview, and there will be blood. Mm-hmm. That was like you know, hundred years ago, like that can be yeah, a who role. else, who else could play him? Yeah, ex- exactly. So I, I think that's, that's worth noting. And that, that's something the authenticity in this movie bleeds through the yeah, screen, man. It's, it's like super tangible. Um, and fuck man, it's a good movie. Go some, watch it. Some of it's the scenes on, are hilarious. It's on HBO right now. Um, any, Oh, there's a lot of good con. There's a lot of natural comedy. Yeah. Just like physical comedy uh-huh. and just like situational things um it's got emotions man this this movie did it all for me like yeah, it, it checked so my boxes any any qualms at all any 
Oh Gripes. man. Would you, do you I don't have anything off the top. I per se. wasn't I know you liked the metaphor of the beasts. If they didn't have that, I think the movie probably would have been the same for me. And I could you know, I could see my dad and like other people out there that are more focused on the strict I was focused on the story for On the, the strict part. story. I remember the first time watching it, because I've seen this movie a couple times really not liking the beast i was like man it's really taking i away. could see that but this time around i appreciated it a little bit more because it was like kind of showing in her mind what's going on that's what i'm saying and, and representing a bigger picture so and, I, I, it affected me less um it's not really a gripe but like i, I think if the beasts weren't in that i wouldn't have been put off either i would i probably would have given it the same rating to i guarantee fair. you're not alone in that camp i the thing is i've always talked about movies like willing to go there willing to take a risk and do something ambitious mm-hmm. and that's what they did with this and i thought they did a and really good yeah. job yeah it, it it can take away from it if you're not into you know the like metaphor on screen yeah you know like that but i thought they did such a fucking good job doing it and uh, I, it's just so refreshing to see a movie go there and i thought it fit really well um i don't have a ton of gripes man i i enjoyed most aspects of it you know and i um the, my rating is is going to reflect it all right let's get to that what's your rating mine's an eight eight five okay. I, I a big reason for because i was definitely around the eight but the, the jump to the eight five is that it it was emotional like it definitely is a, is a tearjerker and it has comedic relief it's endearing it's serious and then it also has the um psychological engagement mm-hmm. as far as what these people are going through the relationship aspects and then you tie in the whole you know however you want to put it geopolitical aspect of hurricane yeah. katrina so that and the, and the rest of the aspects just kind of made it comprehensively great fucking movie for me bumped it up to the eight and a half especially on first go first go i was like fuck this is really good yeah that that happens to me a lot first go for my movies um if i watch them multiple times a lot of times they'll keep what they have but for this one i think my first go i was at an eight five but after watching it a couple times, and this time recently, I'm going to give it an 8.0 flat. It's it's a high. It's like an 8.2, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's an 8.5 for me. Um, honestly, the only reason that keeps it from that is just the sheer number of movies that we've been watching. And so, like, the where you start plotting movies changes because you start does. watching other movies that are super good, and you're like, oh, fuck, that's better than this one, and it makes you feel certain things. I love the movie, um, and I'll always suggest it to people i think anyone can enjoy this movie um, facts but uh but just a, a a great fucking movie for me no no eight five but not to take away from how great the movie it is super well deserving of the nominations it got mm-hmm. um everything was done well I, I feel like this guy had an idea for the movie moved down there did his his due diligence and worked at it and worked at it and um and made a great movie so that's it for beasts of the southern wild you can find it on hbo and moving on we have our third and final film of our american family poverty yeah palooza everyone's favorite theme (laughs) and it is raising victor vargas this is a much more recluse movie Mm -hmm. wouldn't you say i i think this is a harder one to find people who have seen it 
a very specific movie. I'm sure if you're from fucking, you know, New York City, it's more common that you've seen this movie. Maybe. I think if you're Puerto Rican in New York City, you've I was about to say, yeah. If you haven't, if you grew up in New York, yeah, yeah, maybe. no, not that live there now, but if oh, you're okay. from New York City, because yeah. this is not like, I can't see fucking, you know, Ashley from, you know. Ballard, Seattle, that moved to New York City for a tech job. I was like, oh, I love raising Victor Vargas. Yeah. You know, just chain yeah. smoking and going to Italian delis all the time. As much as I would like to hear her say that. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. Um, yeah, so this is a another slice of life movie, mm-hmm. but it doesn't use setting as much to drive it. No. As much as like Florida Project. In Florida Project, like the motel was a character. And so was so was the bathtub exactly this is i mean it 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 could probably be placed somewhere else in new york city like it didn't have to be lower east side i'm sure there's other places where there's Mm -hmm. big puerto rican pop uh Mm -hmm. communities definitely but um but it was specific to new york city for sure yeah this is a very specific accent a very specific style of life um but not as not as I just, I guess, like magnified as something like Beast of Southern Wild or, or a Florida Project. Yeah, the like the IMDb synopsis: A Lower East Side teenager struggles to find some sanity while surrounded by an, exec- an eccentric grandmother, which is putting it lightly. Yeah, this in my one, opinion. this one, I think, dives into the the family. Like that's the, the main focus is a like crazy he's new girlfriend girl. and a longing younger brother. Yeah, he's talking to this girl, but like it's mainly a family thing. It's yeah, it's a it's a family thing, but the the girlfriend kind of is mixing it up for them because the grandmother doesn't want anybody to. Co- the grandmother basically just wishes it was the family and nobody else, and that the son was like going on to be a, a lawyer, I guess, and not I don't like even know growing what... up to be like a. Because uh, I think her husband, her his grandpa was like a was a player and had like cheated on her, and so she's like, they're just like him, pretty much, because mm-hmm. he's like Mister Player and. Except for he's not. It's it's, in pre- his mind it's preventing he is. it's preventing her from letting her grandson like go through regular teenage yeah. activities, and it gets really fucking annoying. Like she she tries to set like give him back to the government. Basically, he's uh, like, that I don't was, want him no more. That part was fucking hilarious. Pack, they pack I'm up sure it all happened. his shit. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. And, and they're like, you can't just have us arrest your kid <laughs> yeah. for being a nuisance. I love how they just gave him back to her. Yeah. It was so ridiculous. And, and Victor knew it. But yeah, so we're following this kid, Victor Vargas. Just early 2000s mm-hmm. uh, kid, uh, Puerto Rican kid from from uh, from New York City. Mm-hmm. And like is about fucking, you know, chicks and hip hop and being a man and having muscles Mm-hmm. And and believing that he's the ladies' man when he kind of isn't, like he's, we only see him with Fat Donna, who we all love, who who really <laughs> drove this movie. This whole movie became about people catching that he slept with Fat Donna, which like poor girl, she got casted for that. Um, that he had to prove that he was a real ladies' man, not just you know hitting the low hanging fruit. Yeah, so even he though had he go, had like a like an emotional bond with Fat Don. Yeah, he liked her. He was like, "It's good." So in the beginning, so good to see you, baby, and stuff like that. And she's like, "Come here, Poppy," and he's like, "Yeah, I'm getting it." It was kind of cute. They had their own thing going, but Dude, he was and, so embarrassed. Oh yeah, because back then your your reputation when you're a, a teenager is everything. Mm-hmm. If so, people aren't as shameless as they are today. Because like now with the internet, I think we found that 
everybody has these embarrassing things or stories they did and also body positivity and everything. So like, who knows fat Donna in this day and age could have fucking 3 million followers on Instagram. They're like, Oh, she's beautiful. Look at that body. Yeah. And, and in that case, Victor <laughs> Vargas doing well, but back in Oh two, it was a yeah, little wrong harsh. era. Donna It was a little harsh for Donna to thrive. And, um, and fucking Victor God, Vargas was I, I didn't even think about it like that. Donna really was the catalyst. Oh, she's a catalyst for the whole... That was, like, the funniest part to me. It was, like, yeah. he gets caught banging her. Uh-huh. And his friend's like, Bro, you said... You, I thought you were Casanova. You're banging fat Donna. <laughs> yeah. You're banging fat Donna. My, my whole block's hit her. Uh-huh. She's fat as shit, dog. And he's just like, No, well, watch me go get this girl. And so the whole movie, he's pursuing this girl. Just out of shame. Who's like n- notoriously like the yeah, hottest the one in the, the yeah. one on the block that mm-hmm. everyone. And it also shows like the, the art of of picking up women in, in, in New York City was so different than where we grew up. They're yeah, like, it's it's the whole rubbing your hands you're ru- together, yeah, you're the squishing rub, your, like, your lips hey, together. Hey, baby, I'll fuck you sideways. And like, you give me a little kiss, huh? Yeah. I'll give, give, give pop you a little rubbing tongue. Uh-huh. What's wrong? You you quiet or something? Yeah, yeah. You know, quiet means depression. That means you, that means you don't, <laughs> yeah. you know, what are you depressed, bitch? Uh, like, it's a lot of linking, like things off the top, like one after another that like don't actually connect, and then leading it to sex. Being yeah, exactly. Like, well, you don't want to fuck me. Yeah. I'm beautiful, uh-huh. and you're like, this is so aggressive. It's like so being aggressive. from the it northwest me of Italy. Like, uh, what are you gay or something? Yeah. Not that I got anything wrong with that. Yeah, it's so weird, but like it wasn't ironic. It wasn't a joke. No, like, not that's at how all. people talk. Yeah, and just like also growing up, being a little bit younger in that uh, era, but like growing up in the Northwest and having to like pick up girls, it is so much more subtle and not direct. I couldn't have gone to a girl at fucking Archbishop Murphy and be like, "Hey, you want to fuck me in the stairs or what?" <laughs> They'd be like, "You're kicked out of school." Yeah, <laughs> but here they're like, "Hey, come up with a better line. All right, go back to class." Yeah, different environment. That's for damn so, sure. So that was pretty crazy to me to see that because, like, especially after that one video of the woman walking around New York City and getting catcalled for eight hours, which I thought was hilarious. Well, you don't want to smile? The, all the construction workers. <laughs> yeah. um, but that, I think things had to slow down because people were afraid they were being filmed or some shit. Um, and things have just changed. But uh, it, I, I think this movie had a lot. I think it had... Um, just like young life, just like being a young man. So this is the slice of life that I'm going after. Really yeah. good dialogue, really good characters that progress. Felt supernatural. Go somewhere. Not necessarily like a sh- like crazy strong plot, but it didn't need it. Yeah, at, no, at all. It, it, it carried itself. And for sure. I, I, the characters had cool interactions with each other that connected to other characters, like for sure, Victor's uh, sister. And, yeah, and, and whoa, uh, what's his uh, name? And, uh, I gotta look it up. Hold on. She's the other girl's sister. Uh, the Judy, she, Judy's sister, or Judy's Judy's brother. little brother, Judy's little brother, like her cousin or some shit. Timmy. Mm-hmm. Fuck. What was his name? Anyway, we don't want to spend the whole time looking that up. But Hector. Hector. That was no Hector. Hector's his brother. Hector. So no Harold, or Harold. <laughs> I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> we can't. If we're gonna have to cut this out or some shit. Um, <laughs> So, so the main characters were, were Victor, um, and then the girl he's going for, fucking uh, Judy, and then Judy's best friend, um, which I fucking forget her name, but she's she's famous now. Uh, Melanie Diaz, she plays, oh, what is her name? Uh, 
I think they just call her Melanie, but she's been in movies since that. I was, yeah, it oh, is. Oh, she's from Lords of Dogtown. That's where I remember her from. She plays Melanie. Yeah. A lot of the characters she are the same monkey. same first name as their um uh, uh actor at their as their real name. Yeah, cuz you know, it's just fucking you know, indie movie. Yeah, she was in Be Kind Rewind. Uh, Fruitvale Station. Yeah, you're. You're. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. She's been she's, in a lot. She's of been. Shit. A, I recognized her immediately, and I was like, "Oh shit!" She's she like looked hella famous. familiar, but I just wasn't. I yeah, couldn't place Fruitvale it. Station. Yeah, she's the. Yeah. She's uh, Oscar Grant's uh, girlfriend or like baby mama. Anyway, she's in it, and then like, it's uh, Victor's grandma, and then his sister and his brother, and it's like that pretty small knit, and Victor's best friend starts to go out with Judy, who I think is a way bigger catch than fucking or not Judy. uh uh, Melanie, who I think is a way bigger catch than Judy, because she's like interesting and like can hold a conversation where but Judy's again, just like, "Well, you want to fuck me again? Or, or you're gonna be my boyfriend?" Hey, early two thousands. She had glasses. She was oh, automatically yeah. not would have been, been all over Judy. This was four eyes days. I would have been all over Judy, but I'm saying now, if I approached Agreed. either of them, it would one be very illegal. <laughs> two, two, two. I would be like, "Oh, Melanie's got what you need. She's she's in it for the long haul." Yeah, I I I agree. She she clearly like was more interesting. Um, so yeah, the the subplot is like Melanie and Judy and Victor and his best friend are kind of like uh, figuring out how young romance works. But mm-hmm. the the bigger plot is Victor's relationship with his family, his um, uh, I guess role model status to his sister and brother and how they look up to him and uh because he's like Mr. Ladies man and I don't know it's just a uh, it's kind of him trying to mentor his little brother but like not doing it in the best way and and the grandma just kind of the grandma kind of I don't know she, she, she was nice anno- shit up she was nice she she was annoying to you but I think she played like a classic strict I'm raising my kids in New York City grandma not their parents yeah no I, I like she's important she's yeah, important she, she had to like, like force god on them yeah to keep them you know, docile, yeah. but it wasn't working super well. And obviously I didn't gr- grow up with like a, a Latin mother, but I did read from s- some people who really liked it. They were like, this was spot on. Yeah. She, it seemed very, it mm-hmm. seemed really natural and all the interactions seemed very authentic. Mm-hmm. And I definitely know not, not Puerto Rican, but like Mexican grandmas that are like this to, to friends that I've had or just Mexican moms in general that are super strict. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a, uh, it seemed pretty real to life to me. Um, I don't know. I, I thought this was like a a good slice of life. Like you said, I, sometimes movies don't have to do much. And it's just it's just the, the writing. Also, like the nostalgia I had from like hanging out with my friends. Obviously, it was very different situations. But like there's, you know, a very universal feel that you have with like fucking. Yeah, that's where I fucked up. Except for, um, you know, my accent wasn't like that. But I wished it was. Right. And, I, I mean, each character was given, like, detail and was, like, a, was a real person. Yeah, Like, I like loved... the younger brother had his own problems. He was, like, just, like, jerked off, off for the first time. And was, like, trying to navigate that. And, and his, his grandma grandmother catches walked after... in on him. Who And the, he's, like, the grandmother's, like, star child. Yeah. And so she walks in on him and she thinks that the older brother has, Dios. like, corrupted him. Dios mio. And it's, like, you don't corrupt somebody into jerking off it just happens yeah well she you know she's religious doesn't really know much about being a man 
Right. Yeah. It's like, wait, you don't. You she do. has to play. She had to play the mom and the dad role. And usually she there's did. a dad to be like, hey, son, look, <laughs> you got these feelings. I'm not faulting her. It's just like by. And you want to find some ladies gagouche and you want to put the. She wasn't fucking Italian, man. I know, but everyone in New York's Italian to me. <laughs> yeah, in, in one way or another. Um, but uh, also, I thought I think that everything I'm see- seeing it says they're Dominican. Oh, okay. I thought they were Puerto Rican. I thought they were Puerto Rican too, but Dominican would also make. Or the Puerto sense. Rican community, or the uh, Dominican community. They might have been Puerto Rican, but within the community of. No, he's d- the main character is Dominican, so they're all Dominican. Okay, then okay, word, Dominican word, word, community. Word, word, word. Everything I said about being Puerto Rican, just replace that with Dominican. Yeah, we'll, we'll shows get, my <laughs> shows my ignorance. Uh, we'll get our guy to edit that out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll just translate this whole thing to Spanish. <laughs> yeah, just to overcompensate. Um, so uh, short movie too. Yeah, and w- super well done. Yeah, hour, hour twenty eight. Like this is a this is a easy 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 wreck for those looking for a coming of age that's not focused on uh and it's not super dramatic either no it's not so, so it makes it relate because when sometimes the movies are like so much drama's happening you're like dude yeah. this doesn't happen in real life it's it's one of the few 17 to 18 year old uh, american movies about coming of age that doesn't focus on prom applying to different colleges yeah, just like fucking f- hanging like, out like you know Lady Bird and the other like thousand movies that have have done that exact same thing. It's about hanging out. It's about and actually it, and it, even in those su- subjects when she's like mulling over Timothy Shamalama, like yeah. not liking her. Uh-huh. It's so, like the music's having it so dramatic. And this yeah. one, it it feels so real to life because yeah. you're like, oh, this sucks, and I feel uh-huh. bad for him. But like, you know, everything is in a fucking soap opera. It felt know? like they process things at at a normal rate, yeah. While it's still uh, being, yeah, that's a good point. While it's, it's still being equally interesting, yeah, man. Like you, they didn't have to like do things up or anything. Um, and I, I actually like kind of had similar enjoyment to Lady Bird. Like Lady Bird had other like. In, oh, Lady Bird was great. I'm had, not, had, not to put down. It's just no, yeah, definitely. Oh, we're just comparing comparing the styles. Um, I had similar levels of in, enjoyment. Um, obviously, like you didn't have the same like rage moments between, you know, the mother and the daughter and Lady Lady Bird. Yeah, no. That type of monologue, but they had other aspects going for them in this. Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it. Um, any gripes for you at all? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I thought that the uh, best friend wasn't wasn't the strongest <laughs> actor in in yeah. the game. Uh, oh man, he him, didn't bother the dialogue me him that and Melanie much. Had where he's like, "I want to be your man," you know? He's like, yeah. And then she's like, "I'm not letting anyone." get this gagouche if, <laughs> unless we're dating yeah. but yet somehow the next date after like intense pressure from him she lets him do it mm-hmm. oh but then she like learns you know i can kind of let go of this like i need to be a virgin thing which i thought was kind of cool mm-hmm. yeah and i actually also didn't think that donna was superb by any means Fat donna no, sorry, not donna <laughs> jesus christ you mean judy? judy yeah judy wasn't that good no no fat, fat, <laughs> fat donna, donna. It stole that movie. Yeah, she, I mean, she How was she laying not get down the whole time. How's she not get a nom from that movie, <laughs> yeah. dude? Uh, yeah, Judy, I, I was, I was a, l- a little disappointed by. It. She felt too much of that kind of, uh, more, more of a caricature of like the what popular a mean high girl, school, yeah, yeah would mean be. popular high school girl. Also, it felt like they, she just like accepted him. Yeah, I use my man now, and it was like, oh, okay. How did they all of a sudden become British? Use my man now. 
<laughs> I've been, dude, that's I've been watching like... way too much Love Island. Oh man, it, it, that line's been used a lot. It slips, it slips I into everything now. now. Every part of my life, it's fucking terrible. What are you gonna be, my it's man? Toxic. And then like, uh, yeah, she just like accepts him. It, it showed. It didn't. I didn't. It, I didn't. I didn't like that. That progression. I just remembered going to Columbia and fucking these guys would pressure these girls, and it was just what wore them down wasn't like the charm they had or like the the way they talked it was just constant persistence just mm-hmm. there at every step like hey i, I love you i want to be with you i love you. and like there was a lot of that in this movie and that's pretty much how victor vargas got judy <laughs> it was just by constantly applying pressure until she gave it just she was weak and like fine dude fuck and then that's how you end up with your wife of 40 years. <laughs> yeah, I guess <laughs> she so. She doesn't even like you. Um, but no, I don't have any like super major complaints about this movie. You know, it wasn't, it didn't have anything, like you said, it, there's nothing like crazy dramatic about it. It didn't try to do too much. No, not at, at all. all. And, and for that reason, I, I enjoyed it, you know, start to finish. Yeah. What um, about you? Did anything stick out as like. No, issue, I think, you know? I think just like there was some amateur acting, which like right. I, I also didn't think Judy was that great. Um, but I mean, at the same time, like they're not using actors; <laughs> they're using, like once again, first-time actors. Um, not from, everybody, but yeah, not everyone. But like they're using a lot of, lot, I don't, th- I think a lot of people. This was like their I, one of mo- their first most roles. probably first or second. Yeah, a- amateur, very very early on. Amateur. Yeah. Looks like Judy best. had two roles before it. Um, Melanie had some. Yeah. Like, so, but, but early, but they're just amateurs. And so, um, I think that comes with the lack of experience. You'll get some people that. Their acting isn't great, but you mm-hmm. don't, I don't know. Nothing but, but it was good enough to, to, to... Oh, yeah. It didn't even stand out to me. Right. I saw it and was like, you know, I'm not holding it to that. I'm, you're not... I wasn't like, oh, this needs to have an Oscar nom. Mm-hmm. But I did like it a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, so no real gripes for me, to be honest. Um, should, should I go to scores? Is this a great fucking movie to you? Oh, yeah. This is really? Eight. Okay. This eight, is 7.5 for me. This is 8.0 for me. Okay. This is, this, it's not higher than that, but like... Okay. You can throw this on, and I think you're going to be safe. Some people, like with Florida Project, might be like, nothing happened, which is true. But I think um, it was good enough for that. Like, I think for what it tried to do, I think it fucking knocked it out of the park. It was trying to be a simple movie, and I think it killed it. Yeah, I agree. It, it came in and delivered on exactly what, what its purpose was. But, yeah, there, there just wasn't enough, like, meaning... No, or emotion for me to, to pull out to quite push me to, to the eight. So yeah, this is this is a, a seven five for me. Yeah, um, I loved it. Je- definitely want to apologize for calling them Puerto Rican for a long time. I know that's <laughs> I know feel, that that's like a big bad. a big divisive thing, like not getting that mixed up. And I feel bad. Our Dominican audience is gonna have your fucking yeah. Our dick. huge audience in the DR are <laughs> gonna be DR, pissed. They don't give a fuck, man. Um, so I'm sorry about that, but uh. You know, forgive me. Um, but uh, yeah, eight point oh for me. Um, yeah, another. I, very I'd watch authentic. it again. It, very, it felt very authentic. Super authentic. Just like Beasts of the Southern Wild. Um, and Florida Project. These were all. They were authentic all. I, you had these had to be authentic to, to portray. I guess like our subject, American poverty. Yeah, really. Well. No, it's true. You can't go gimmicky with poverty, man. Yeah, that's and, gonna. That's you're gonna have a hard to time. To be honest, like this didn't really even touch on. Like, if you would have taken these characters and put them, like, in a, like, very, you know, they all had huge houses and, like, were very well off, it wouldn't have changed anything. 
You know what I mean? Like it wasn't that wasn't a huge deal. This like the only difference would be like, oh, they don't fucking him and his brother aren't sleeping in the same room or something. You know, like while this while this was part of our subject of, of American poverty, that was not the focal point at all, and like was really not that important. Yeah, this was the movie that we both had watched and decided to do this. Um, we just theme. were like, oh, you could put that in this theme, but. But it w- it's, really it's probably the least to... of the three because it's it, like you said, it's not a focal point. Like also, they're you don't... the most well off of the, of the three, too. <laughs> yeah, w- without a doubt. They're actually we're doing like just fine. now where they live <laughs> is probably fucking three grand That's a month for just, a studio. I, I, oh, I was just <laughs> so. thinking that I, I read Lurie's side and I was like, fuck, that place is, is definitely at least three grand now. Yeah. So and and. Really, the poverty did had nothing to do with this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that was just like the it was just the setting that where they were was Lower East Side, but mm-hmm. like that was not even something factored into this really when, when they were making the movie. I don't think. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's Raising Victor Vargas. It's on Netflix right now, and yeah, that wraps it up for our American Poverty episode. And I think I get a I've got a better understanding now of of the the poor people out there in the world. What about you? Yeah, I mean, well, you're just <laughs> you just uh, blacked out your whole childhood. <laughs> you impoverished son of a bitch. Now you got that TikTok money. You you don't even know where you came from. No, now I got to watch movies to even we have to understand we have anything. to commit to writing the the Everett version of this because that's also very unique to to this this thing. I think we could tell a good story. And, and the people, you know, those kids in Florida yeah. who were like, yeah, that movie's kind of about me. We'll look at that and be like, man, I never would have known. Up in Washington, that's what it's like. Yeah. You know, John, to... John Bernthal's going to play the father. Oh, John Bernthal's <laughs> going to play every role. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If it's not, it's it's John Bernthal and Michelle Williams or I, or I don't write it. Yeah. Pale and uh, and just and just trashy. Yeah, John's got a little color on his skin, so we're yeah, gonna have we're gonna to say, say he's from like Northern California or something. Like yeah, that. he's a transplant. Yeah, exactly. But okay, home, home well that, that that wraps it up. Until next time. All right.